When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Time to play with pain. Where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, comedian, writer, producer, director. He's all over ABC's The Goldbergs, like marshmallow fluff in a white trash refrigerator. Lou Schneider's with us today. But first... (laughs) Time for the Waterhouse Update, sponsored by Winnebagel, the only RV with its own deli. NFL! Chargers make the Raiders look like understudies for a new Broadway musical about football. Packers do to the Steelers what Japan did to the steel industry. The Bears, like a wine steward who saw you pull up with Governor Gavin Newsom, they just keep coming at you. Tom Brady teases his old love, like that woman grinding Grinding on Urban Meyer. And the Cowboys are like a grilled portobello sandwich. Not as bad as we thought. That item sponsored by Ivermectarine, the delicious way to deworm. College football. Wisconsin getting smoked like a slab of salmon right before Yom Kippur. Cincinnati assigns Notre Dame to a new parish. And Florida loses. SEC translation. Kentucky should be in the 14 playoff. That wrap-up sponsored by Handelabra. The world's fanciest doorknob. America's pastime. No, not pretending to know what infrastructure is. Baseball. Boston hosts the Yankees. And by host, I mean deliver Taliban-level abuse. NASCAR. Bubba Wallace becomes the first modern black driver with a cup victory. Set the National Council of Bubba's. Wait, he's black? And finally, this week in sports history, the date 1921, the place New York, New York, for the first time ever, the World Series is broadcast on radio with announcing team Larry King and Betty White. This Waterhouse Update sponsored by Jehovah's Witness Protection. Disappear into the warm grip of the Lord at Jehovah's Witness Protection. Now, finally, it's talk time, my guest today. You've heard of celebs with multiple talents, right? 
hyphenates, you know, they write, they produce, they direct. Well, my guest today is the affordable multi-talent. Great stand-up, now pulling, maneuvering the Goldbergs like a Muppeteer on meth. Lou Schneider, Lou, how are you today? Oh, great to see you, Chet. How you been? I have been good. Uh, I feel good. And I don't know how I look. I never look in a mirror uh, because, you know, uh, why bring that upon yourself? You know what? I, I, I just want to bring you a little olive branch. Uh, I was recently in touch with Jeff Cesario. He says he's sorry. I don't know what that means, but I hope you guys are whatever's happening there. I hope everything's OK. Well, you know, here's the great thing about having a friendship with uh, Jeff Cesario. You don't know a lot of the agita that he's going through personally. So you let a lot of these responses just slide off your back. I thought we were getting along fine. Hey, let's just dive right in. Let's talk. A we're going to talk sports, Lou, uh, Lou Schneider. But sure. first, let's talk a little showbiz. You started as a stand-up. When did you slide yes. behind the camera into the sleazy underbelly of show business? What made you make that shift? Where were you and what was your first uh, TV gig? I was in New York. I was hosting a lot at Catch a Rising Star back in the late 80s. And, uh, and that's Nickelodeon. back when hosting, hosting was, uh, was, was not just uh, uh, you paraded up the stand-ups. You had a little power as a New York stand-up host. You got to pick when you did time, sort of. Uh, so it was a good spot. It was a, it was a good spot and it was steady. You know, it was one of those things like you were definitely in, you knew you were going to get stage time and that was the trick. And, yeah. and somewhere in there, I was uh, tabbed to be tabbed. I've never used that as a verb. I, I got to be a kid's game show host on a show called make the grade on Nickelodeon. Uh, and it was the lowest rent. I think I was chosen for foot speed because a lot of times when things <laughs> really? <they> do physical <laughs> stunts, when things would break down, yeah. it would be up yeah. to me to race into the set and like push pieces of the set back together or retrieve wow. lost props. Like, I wasn't any good, but I was strong and I had stamina, and so that's why. So I'm guessing it was an. I'm guessing it was a non-union gig. If you're running in and rebuilding props was, on the fly, it was so non-union. It was so non-union. There was no. Not only was there no no union, there was no audience. So when I went for a laugh, there was a guy in a booth away from me on another floor who would hit a button and it would be a laugh wow. button. And, and I got so jaded at that after, you know, a couple hundred of these shows, I would say to him like, come on, Dan, and he'd hit the button. <laughs> hit the the button. didn't know who Dan was. So the producers <laughs> decided, you know, we need a stand-up, but we need someone who has shortstop range. Can go left or right. That's what they were sponsored, incidentally, by Slacker Barrel. Come on in and eat or not. We don't care. What was the worst stand up gig you ever had before we leave stand up? It sounds, especially uh, is, when you're working out in New a, York. This is a classic. Yeah. This is uh, in Chicago. Sorry, you're getting a ringing phone here. Hold on. Oh, that's all right. Uh, I'll get that. Who is right. it answering? I, oh, that would be off. Um, this is a classic in 19, I'm giving you the dates, but even before that I was in Chicago, Illinois, and I worked at the stay out all night disco in Stone Park. Hang on. Let's check that. Hold on. Wow. Yeah. No. Oh, you better not let that out over the air. Oh no. Oh, Lou, that's the producers of your game show. Demanding an immediate contract. Obviously. 
Okay. <laughs> Wedding gown shopping. <laughs> That's a first for play with pain. <laughs> I had to try to change offices. All right, here we go. Wedding gown shopping. Shut up. <laughs> By the way, Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> well, look, Couldn't hey, be. if you got to go wedding gown shopping, you got to do what you got to do. Shut up. Couldn't be don't get on better. the train for the, uh, I don't want you to get on the uh, the train for the fine China because that's a waste of time. I no know. I know what Cesario is talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. And I don't, I okay. still don't know uh, why I rub people the wrong way. Anyway, you're in Chicago. You're working okay. at night. So club. The worst, the worst gig I ever had was to stay out all night disco. And um, it was booked by a guy who owned a couple other clubs. So that's called leverage. So if he called you and oh, said, hey, I need, yeah. you, I need you to stay out. It was in Stone Park, Illinois. It was basically a strip club. And, and you went in there. It, the gig was Monday morning, Monday morning at 1 a.m. So really Sunday night. So you could never say, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm booked because who else is working yeah. on so it was Nobody. just you, when you were when you were summoned, you went and you did it usually like you, you, I mean, everybody kind of had to do it once a year or maybe twice a year. And it was loaded with professional wrestlers who'd come off uh, the uh, wrestling uh, show at the Rosemont Horizon. A lot of times I met Bam Bam Bigelow there sure. uh, and, and he saved Jeff Garland's life there one night when Jeff got into it with the patron and uh, and Chris, wow. Chris Bigelow took took the guy to. Uh, uh, took the guy I took Garland out of harm's way uh, with a threat to this guy. Uh, the women's, the, the uh, toilets in the women's uh, room, I wasn't in there, but I was told they were the Rolling Stone lip logo. Um, oh, so wow. the women got to sit on Mick Jagger's mouth. So that was, uh, that's the sure. shittiest thing ever. And uh, just a quick interjection. It says right in the name of the club, stay out, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> I, I couldn't read the door and know. <laughs> that a good place. It's right there. there. <laughs> that was the worst. The stay out all night disco. Uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk once did his show from inside the money booth. They had a money booth where you know they turn on the fan and the dollar bills. Oh, blow the fan would blow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, I like and, those. And he, he did. He figured that was the best way to get their attention would be to surrounded by blowing money. And he, uh, I don't think, succeeded. <laughs> sure, Bob Odenkirk and a cash blow booth. Do not seem to artistically jibe. <laughs> no, believe me, you were doing anything. You were doing anything to get out of there safe. It was. It was a bad. It was a bad spot. But yeah, I don't know. If it sounds so horrible. So 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 you bail out of that. You decide to slide into kind of writing. I think first you got uh, into yeah, writing, and then well, that actually. Uh, I Chet, I, I actually have to say, I had, I had a couple. I had a. I had a cup of coffee in the show. I had actually two shows. I had. Uh, um, a show on Fox in the early days called uh, Down the Shore. And before that, a show on CBS in the summer called Wish You Were Here, which was a great gig. It was about a guy who goes to Europe with a video camera. He loses his house and his, his uh, job and his girlfriend all in the same day. And this was in the age of vid- the first uh, wave of video recording. He buys a video camera and he goes to Europe and he sends back video of his adventures. So I spent a lot of time in Europe turning the camera on myself. And uh, the reviews were things like, I'm nauseous watching not just because of the performance but because of the crazy camera motion no one was used to that so wow again that another was non-union effort see if you know that was the union cruise 
Lou, you're, you're getting <laughs> slaughtered by trying to do I all did. the jobs yourself. You're moving I did, the I was camera. Just... I can't imagine what a nightmare the sound was in the eighth arrondissement in Paris. You got to just... let other people do that. I was, I was trying to be the Christian McCaffrey of television yeah, comedy. Sure, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> trying to do it. All. So you had two shows that you starred in. And yeah, then you got a little so. glimpse of behind the camera from those experiences, right? And because. also uh, felt maybe you were you were you were uh, you were experiencing as a performer what what ninety nine percent of performers experience who get into television, which is wow, this could be a tremendously long haul. Do I have other clubs in the bag I can use? Is that kind of what went through your head? Pretty much, exactly. And I always found the writers. Uh, it started as sucking up like, Hey, if I'm friendly with these people, people, maybe they'll write me something more or give me yeah, more lines. And right. then I realized these people were the funniest and most interesting people I felt. And uh, among those funny and interesting people were guys like Phil Rosenthal, who was a writer on down the shore and Peter Tolan, wow. who was a writer on wish you were here. So yeah. I never lost track of those guys. And Tolan gave me my first gig in TV as a writer and Phil Rosenthal give, gave me, you know, a job. And I knew Ray as well as a, when he, from being a stand-up in New York. So when Phil got Everybody Loves Raymond and it was time to staff, uh, you know, I was a, a, a known entity to both. And uh, so right. they hired me on that. So that was, uh, that was, yeah, that was just good luck, you know. That, that's, well, that's impressive and a good lesson. It leads us right into our next segment. I can't believe I have an actual bridge transition here. Uh, that's good advice because we're diving into Advice Corner, actual show business advice from the great multi-talented Lou Schneider, sponsored, incidentally, Lou, by Fluow, Hawaii's strongest cold medicine, and Observasa, <laughs> the beer that's good for your eyes. Okay, now here's the deal. I'm going I'm to throw you five questions about uh, show business. You answer them legit because oh. you remember being a kid listening to sports broadcasts or any kind of broadcast and thinking, I'd like to do that someday. I wish they'd give me some advice. We're going to give those kids a chance, right? Now, I'm going to ask you five questions. Here we go. Question number one. What's your trick to getting a decent performance as a director out of an actor who's kind of struggling with the part or the situation or what? Do you have a a trick or a tactic you use to to get them to a a decent performance? Well, oftentimes, the reason an actor is having a tough time is because they're not comfortable with, with what it is you know, with, with, with uh, the with line the, is real. Yeah. So sometimes, interesting. sometimes you say, what, what, you know, you'll say, uh, is something bumping you here? Or sometimes you can just tell, sometimes you, you're, you just, need, they just need to run it a few times and that's going to be okay. But right, everybody's right. different. So, so you, you, you can't use a blanket approach on everybody. Everybody's different. So sometimes it's a matter of just taking a couple of words out. Um, although writers sometimes bristle at that. And other times it's just uh, trying to give them something to hook onto. Some actors work from the inside out. Like they want to feel something and then they can um, make it work a little better. And sometimes people want something to put on. So for example, I got a guy on the Goldbergs. I'm not going to say which, which person. And he likes, if you can give him a, a thing, he's, oh, I'll say something. You're a, 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 you're a, a, a detective crack in the case here. Uh, you know, you've seen that guy in the movies. Right, and he's not doing right. an impression, but at least it informs his yeah, performance. So I'm able to do right, that. Right. 
That makes a so lot of sense. Uh, and you've been doing a lot of directing lately. We're going to stay in this vein. Question number two. Do you have a golden rule when you're directing a script, any script? What's the first and most important thing you think about when you're approaching that script? Uh, I guess the first thing, I'm, I'm going to answer this seriously. I mean, they're all out of joke answers. Yeah, the, sure. The first thing, I guess, is, you know, let's not, what are we, what are we driving towards in this scene? And a lot of times it's, like, let's not get lost in, in, in words here and there. Like, if I'm getting, right. if I'm feeling something in that scene, if I'm getting these, if this is really building to a fight, uh, let, let's make sure we get there. And and if, okay, because right. the audience is never going to remember, oh, uh, wouldn't it have been funnier if he said uh, haberdasher here rather than you know, right, right. clothier? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to fight over that. I can always pick that up. But really, you got to make sure the scene works. You got to make sure, and if right. the scene doesn't work, the words will never help you. You got to get the scene yeah. to work first. So I guess so what are we are driving to? to? That that's good. Question number three: Tip for handling network notes. Everybody gets them. Most people don't particularly care for them, even when there might be a gem or two in there. Uh, but I, it seems to me, talking to more and more guys, the trick is how you handle the notes uh, first and foremost uh, with the with the person giving them to you from the network. Everybody wants to feel heard, Chet. You know, you more than anyone knows that everybody no, wants to absolutely. <laughs> That's why I talk at this volume. And I also actually reverse your advice about feelings. I try not to feel anything and just <laughs> keep plowing straight ahead. Just bludgeon them. Yeah, yeah. I think with the network, they're, they're, they're made of softer stuff. So you have to say things like, hmm. Uh, the, the one note I always like, and right, this is a quote from Rosen. The great Phil Rosenthal will tell you the best note from a network a person is I didn't understand because if that person, if somebody doesn't understand what's going on, they can't begin to sort of laugh and enjoy the scene. So, right. so I'll take that note pretty easily. And usually there's always, if you're really at a wit, at your wits end, you say things like, uh, Leah, let me take a look at that. Let yeah, me take a look right. at that as a beautiful <laughs> way to make someone feel that you're actually going to take a look at it. <laughs> Question number four, your go-to when you need to loosen up a set. When the whole set, for whatever reason, just feel like the Rams the other night. They were just off their game. You know, is there something when you're in that environment that you do, especially having a performance background based in stand-up? Are there things you do to loosen up a set? Well, I will say this. During COVID, I was under I was under a mask restriction and a face shield restriction for a while. And I was and they made the mistake. My wife knew right away. She said, they're giving you a microphone to talk to the actors off stage. You don't do that to an ex stand up. You know, I'm doing because yeah. I'll do five minutes like right away. So, of course, you're doing a little crowd work. So you, of course, find someone with a nice, strong sense of self and a good thick skin like Kevin, the boom operator who's dipping his boom into shots constantly. Not really, but and who once is in a it? While. what most guys do. So what you do, shots. he's dropping his boom in. So I would, I had a good run. Luckily, Kevin, you would oblige. And I would have a good run of Kevin's booms in so many shots. It's coming to the rap party. There Kevin's you go. booms in so many shots. It made its health insurance. Kevin's booms in so many shots. You had a re- but a that's what they call, Yeah, that's what they call in, uh, in talk variety, a refillable. So you just kept refilling that. That's great. And then the, the, the refillable setup 
becomes part of the joke that exactly. actually people begin to laugh. But just when you mention Kevin's name, that's brilliant. And then a lot of people forget this whole thing gets thrown into a sausage maker in, yeah. in, in, in a very short period of time, uh, sometimes a, a day or, or a, a, you know, a couple of days, you got to ram this thing out and it's got to make sense and be funny. Uh, when do you know when you sit next to an editor that you've got a good one? Well, I'm always amazed. By the way, anytime an editor, first of all, when I have an idea of like, well, I, I like to shoot a lot of alts. I'll throw out, I'll throw out alternative jokes after take after take, and and say, you know, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this. They've often and, called uh, you the, the the funny Ingmar Bergman, is what, <laughs> what I've heard. Yeah, a lot of takes. Right, a lot of things. Well, I don't try to do too many, and you don't want to burn people out. But but you try when the editor's taste matches my own. When I sort of make a note and say I think this is the one that belongs, and they'll construct something and include what I think is funny. That's always my favorite. The editors who like what I like, I think, are the best. But but I generally these people inevitably the first cut of the show that's delivered to me, I think, oh, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And then I send around a notes. And then they make magic out of this stuff. I can't believe how good their subtraction is. The, 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 the more of my crap they can take out, those are the best. They are so, so the So the editors who, who can sort of edit almost by subtraction, maybe give you a first pass that's a little thicker. Absolutely. And then go give me the chance to take that second pass after notes. And we'll have something here. That is a that's a that's the one of the better advice corners we've had in a long time, Lou. And sponsored by No Play, the only yogurt with canceled cultures. Let's talk some sports, <laughs> Lou Schneider. Oh my God! You're an East Coast guy. You sort of pounded a little bit between Boston and New York, but a lot in New York. Uh, who's your team? Who do you think is going to win? We're recording this. Before the Yankees in wild card, oh. but you give me the prediction. Who do you think is going to pull this thing out? Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. my voice is. Yeah. I'm so stuck. Oh my god, Jeff. Now, oh my god, Chet. My voice just went back in a boss, and I can't stop myself. It's yeah. gotta be the Sox tonight. My God, but JD Martinez is off the list tonight, and I'm all right with that. I'm okay with. That. <laughs> you're okay with. That. So yeah. you're pulling. For the Sox to yeah. uh, uh, to rip the Yankees, yeah, a new yeah, one. It, yeah, I you know I, I have it. Of course, I'm I build in the terrible feelings. You know, so many years of so many Cal Coons and Bob Bowen and you know all the ghosts of Bill Phil Gagliano and yeah and Vincent oh, yeah. Romo. They could come out and do anything to, to ruin this. Romo, <laughs> Triple hey, A Ray Culp. Quick question, because uh, I know you're a dyed-in-the-wool Boston Red Sox fan. Have you ever thought about rooting for the team in the city you've lived in for 30 years that now has provided you an incredible uh, career no. and no. kids ascending no. to legitimate schools? I refer, no. of course, to the Dodgers. You no. don't have to uh, slip your kids into college via a rowing coach. You've actually made a good living, and you won't root for the Dodgers. <laughs> you I, root for you're, you're talking to a man who walked out of the back-to-back-to-back-to-back four-homer game. I was in the... (laughs) (laughs) That incredible historic inning of the Dodgers? Yes, yes. You just said, eh, let's get home early. The traffic's bad. There was a chance that Noma, ex-Sock, who won it, Noma was going to get up with a chance to win the thing, and he did, and I was in the car. That's unbelievable. That's I, no, sad. I don't believe in Los Angeles as a place. I am. 
I don't, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't. It's too new. It's too new. Wow. Biting the multicultural hand that feeds him. Sponsored, incidentally, by Gunga Dan's. For really mild Indian food, try Gunga Dan's. Now, uh, (laughs) if you could change one thing in any sport, Lou Schneider, what would it be? Think about it. What would you change? I'll give you a little time to think about it by mentioning one of the things I always think about to change, which would be this in professional golf. I think they need uh, some quicksand, some buried mines, things that make it a little more wipeout ish, a little more, really make it hazardous. I think the word yes. is yes, hazardous. When See, now that's, a, that's directing by subtraction there, <laughs> taking my long-winded explanation ball, and boiling it down to an actual English word that means you, all of that. When your yeah. ball lands in a hazard, you should feel something. Yes, you should, <laughs> you should feel fear should is what I'm looking fear. for. Yes. But how about you? What would you, okay. what would you change okay. in any I, sport? I don't care what it is. Oh, okay. First of all, in football – I have a couple of changes. The, the main thing is that it, for too many men on the field, if right now the rule is if you have a 12th man on the field, he must run to his own sideline. Ah, now, right. yeah. if they would allow him to run to the other sideline, I think that'd be better. But the rule once he gets there is that the other team can set upon him and beat the crap out of wow. him until the whistle blows. Ending the next play. So then you got to work the cameras. The definition of taking one for the team. Yeah, that's I like that. Sponsored Lou by Wheels on Meals. Meals that are run over and then delivered right to your door. Finally, last sports question, Lou Snyder. Your favorite sports memory could be from your flag football days. Could have happened yesterday. Could be you as the athlete. Could be you as a spectator. I don't care. What's your fit when you think, oh man, that memory will let never leave my head. What sports memory do you think of? Well, my favorite sports memory has to be Bobby Orr scoring the cup winner in 1970 on Mother's Day to beat the St. Louis Blues in overtime. It's the famous shot wow. of Bobby Orr flying through the air. Sure, 51 years ago. That was Bobby Orr. But, but my favorite sports memory, personally, is I once uh, exploded in a Camp Naomi versus Camp Samoset game, uh, 15 and under basketball. Uh, sure. And everybody knows Samoset's the powerhouse. Absolutely. Up in, yeah, they up had, in the camp region. They put triplets out there. We were running into each other all afternoon. Uh, <laughs> uh, they beat us 98. I think it was 98 to 10 i went for six and wow. uh, yeah i went for six and had the attitude of i don't know what the hell you guys were doing I, yeah you know, I, I did my, I got my thing <laughs> I, I got my thing covered i earned my salary today i earned my hot dog 
and a little yeah. marshmallow treat or whatever the hell they give out at those camps for God. <laughs> Concert, incidentally, by Zigzag Zit Cream. Your zits will never see it coming. Serpentine with Zigzag Zit Cream. My guest today, the hilarious and multi-talented Lou Schneider. Lou, tell us about the new season of the Goldbergs. And as a bonus, I understand you may have your own sponsor for this segment. Uh, yes, this season is a shorter season. It's 18 episodes. We're off to a rocket hot start. Uh, I'm going to do the I just uh, the first two have aired. You can figure them out if you can find them on Hulu. Uh, I'll be doing the last two. Uh, there are some great stuff coming up. I, um, I This season, uh, my, my appearances on the season, I've been sponsored by uh, Hormel Gummy Boars, world's number one wild pig flavored candy. Wow. <laughs> that is, that, you know, that's good. Once in a while, break up the palate. Give yeah. the savory taste buds oh. something to look forward to. Chet, when I was little, we salted our own caramel. Now you can just now, get salted yeah, caramel in yeah, here. The kids don't appreciate the work it took. Anyway, folks, Hormel gummy boars, the wild boar that explodes right in your mouth. It gores your mouth. That's their new slogan. <laughs> is it? Is it candy? It's the jerky candy. <laughs> the jerky candy as opposed to the candy jerky. Who lived about four doors down from both of us? Follow Lou on Twitter at NotThatLou. And that's Lou Schneider, L-E-W. Lou, thank you so much Thanks, for coming Chet. back to the show. A pleasure having you. Great to see you, Chet. Thanks Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. Jeff Salbum, what was I thinking? Streaming everywhere. The Play With Pain mugs available at JeffCesario.com. Thanks for listening, folks. Tell all your friends. I love doing this for you guys. Spread the word. It's the perfect size podcast for that drive to Costco. If you want more of me this weekend, Lou and everybody, I'll be in Flub, Sweden, calling the Deadpan Face Championships for the Silence Network. Sponsored (laughs) by OCDC, the most meticulous ACDC cover band ever. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain. Recording stopped.